Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 10% Happier early and ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This is the 10% Happier Podcast. I'm Dan Harris. Hey, gang, I had a funny experience recently. I was asked to give a TED Talk, which hasn't posted yet. It'll be out in a few months. In any event, I showed up at the TED conference in Vancouver and I was completely freaked out and anxious. I know I've been doing public speaking my whole life, so how could I be nervous? Don't forget, I'm the guy who had a panic attack on live television. And while that was largely fueled by uh, cocaine, which I don't do anymore, I do still sometimes get nervous about public speaking. Plus, I had never done a TED Talk before, which seemed like a uniquely terrifying experience. Also, I was debuting material from a book I've been working on for four years, and I was very nervous about how it would be received. So I was super relieved on the first day when I went to lunch in the area where all of the speakers have their meals, and I saw that Yange Mingyur Rinpoche was there. You may have heard that name before. He's been on this show a couple of times. He's a renowned Buddhist monk from Nepal. He's also the son of a revered meditation master, which is why Mingyur began doing long retreats in his teens and now teaches all over the world. He's written some books, including one called The Joy of Living and another called In Love with the World. And he oversees the Tergar Meditation Community, a global network of Buddhist meditation centers. In any event, when I saw Mingyur, I went right up to him and asked, how are you doing? And his answer was, dying. In other words, he was just as nervous as I was. Well, probably not just as nervous, given his training. I wasn't entirely surprised by this fact, given that he's been very public about his history of panic and anxiety. But this was a delightful example of how open, honest, and relatable the guy is. And even though he was nervous, he took plenty of time to look out for me. The next morning, we got together, and he led me in a personalized guided meditation, and we talked about how to handle fear and anxiety. And so today, he's going to do that for all of us. As we all know, anxiety has been a massive societal issue for quite a while, but it has really spiked during the pandemic. Speaking personally, I sometimes feel like I have a sometimes conscious, sometimes subconscious inner program that is constantly secreting the following thought track. How am I doing? Is everything okay? Does this person like me? Am I safe? Etc. In this interview, Minger talks in great detail about how he personally works with anxiety and panic and the specific practices he draws upon from his years of study. And I should say these practices are doable for all of us. We talked about working with strong emotions using sound and the breath, deconstructing your reality to make it workable. He'll explain exactly what that means. Understanding what awareness means in a Buddhist sense and how it's our fundamental nature and is always with us. How to make our meditation free range and available at all times. The simple but also tricky advice of stop doing and just be. When to take a step back or even take a break from meditation. And what Minger says is the true purpose of the practice. Oh, I should say before we dive in that we recorded this at the TED conference. Big thanks to the wonderful folks from that organization who gave us the space and equipment to record. A couple of days after we recorded, Rinpoche delivered his talk. I was in the fourth row. He completely nailed it and got a standing ovation, anxiety notwithstanding. We'll let you know when that talk gets posted. 
Audible lets you enjoy all your audio entertainment in one app. You'll always find the best of what you love or something new to discover. They offer an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, mysteries and thrillers, motivation, wellness, business, and more. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases and next listen recommendations for every type of thriller listener. The selection over on Audible when it comes to true crime, mystery, and thriller is um, quite extensive. They've got John Grisham, tons of stuff by Stephen King, David Baldacci. My favorite that I've checked out recently in the crime fiction genre is called Age of Vice. It's by Deepthi Kapoor. It came out uh, not long ago. Not only is it thrilling and uh, very, very plotty, but it's also written incredibly well. It's truly literature. Deepthi Kapoor is a a force of nature as a writer. Age of Vice, it takes you into the uh, underworld in New Delhi in India. I absolutely love that one. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 10% or text 10% to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 10% or text 10% to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 10%. The Taste the Mediterranean sales event is going on now through March 19th at Whole Foods Market. It's a store-wide event packed with flavor. My family and I are regulars at Whole Foods Market. We've got one, I think, less than a mile and a half away from our house. This Taste the Mediterranean thing sounds pretty cool. Uh, They've got Mediterranean-inspired flavors. You can save on Parmigiano-Reggiano, charcuterie, and ground lamb. They've got delectable seafood choices. You can save on whole branzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon, which is a regular feature at our dinners in this house. My son loves that salmon from Whole Foods. And I'd be remiss if I didn't point out all of the uh, 365 by Whole Foods Market products. Stock up on wallet-happy Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat, pita pockets, and more. I am constantly consuming these 365 products, including the the raw cashews, which I snack on all the time. We love the 365 sea salt and pepper. Uh, We love their sushi rice. You get the picture. Go check it out. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs, like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. Mingyur Rinpoche, welcome back to the show. Great to see you. It's so nice to be with you in person, I have to say. Thank you. Thank you very much. And full disclosure to people listening, I've had a chance to spend a little bit of time with Rinpoche over the last couple of days, and I consider that to be an extreme privilege. So, Thank you very much. As we talk, as we sit here right now, you are personally 
two days away from your first TED Talk. And one of the things that's really helped me as I was ramping up to deliver my first TED Talk yesterday was that you were very open with me about the fact that you have been nervous. Yes. In fact, the first day where I saw you, which was the first day of TED, I said, how are you doing? And you smiled and said, dying. <laughs> <laughs> and to have somebody who's practiced as deeply as you have admit that was just incredibly impactful for me. So I'd love to hear how are you doing right now as your talk approaches and how do you handle your nervousness and anxiety? Of course, I feel nervous about this. There's some kind of like sense of fear. But for me, the most important thing is I always discover kind of like can be with something beyond fear and anxiety within me, kind of a deeper level. That sense of contentment, like joy. And these are why I feel like that way, because I received a lot of meditation teachings in the past and I've been practicing meditation. And that sense of discovery that our fundamental nature is wonderful. There is what I call awareness, love and compassion, wisdom, three in one. And that is a background of fear, background of panic, depression. Of course, life has so many things, not so easy, up and down, up and down, up and down. And I cannot stop up and down. <laughs> and even if I stop up and down, I become like a zombie, isn't it? So in a way, I'm happy to have some anxiety. But at the same time, of course, anxiety is anxiety. And I'm fully aware of this anxiety. But at the same time, like... I don't mind to have anxiety, kind of a too funny feeling together, yeah. Let me see if I can restate some of that back to you, yes. just to make sure that I un understand it. It's so interesting to hear the notion that you're happy to have anxiety on some level. So if I understand this correctly, there are the waves in your mind, yeah. fear, nervousness, but then there is what is knowing that yeah. the waves are there. Yeah. Awareness, which comes with love and wisdom, Awareness, awareness, yes. love, and wisdom, yes. three in one. Yeah. So when I was young, when I feel nervous, what I have is only nervous. That's all. Deeper level, uncertainty, cold, lonely sometimes. Although my father kept telling me, you have this wonderful nature, and I don't believe it. I thought he's doing his job, you know, father's job. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to please me. But then as I practice meditation, this experiential style, and there's aha each time. And then I had panic attacks when I was young. That really helps me. I'm considered my panic as my teacher, my friend. So now I went, you know, wandering retreat. Life is not so easy. I was with my attendant, with a wonderful place, with nice food, nice warm bed, comfort zone. Of course, a little bit naive at the beginning. I'm thinking that, oh, you know, wonderful things happen. <laughs> not. <laughs> I almost died. But... Even the moment I'm almost going to die, I try to practice meditation. And what I discover is awareness is so present. Even though my body becomes paralyzed, I cannot see, I cannot hear. And the normal thoughts are gone, but the fundamental quality of awareness becomes more vivid, more present. I think a lot of people will hear this and say, okay, that sounds great. I've got so much stress and anxiety in my life. I've got good things too, but there are ups and downs and the downs suck. And you're saying I need to not have 
the downs or the anxiety or the fear or what, the anger, or whatever, take up the whole screen. I need to be able to drop out of it and into this space of non-judgmental, warm awareness. How? So the key point is not try to get out of panic or not try to fight with the panic, not try to do anything with the panic, actually. The key point is be with awareness. So I was born in the Himalayan mountain, right middle of the mountain, what we call Manasilo, at highest mountain in the world. And we have a lot of storms in the Himalayan mountain. The winter, we have snowstorm, summer, thunderstorm. I was really afraid of those storms, you know. Each time, ding, 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 like that, and run. I just quick run inside my house and hiding there. In the winter, we have snowstorm, the wind coming from the north to the south. And I run and hold the pillar in the middle of the house and my mom was laughing. (laughs) (laughs) So much of that happening in the mountain. And my father said, all these storms, cloud comes in the sky, but no matter how the storm, storm there in the sky, the nature of sky cannot be changed by storm or pollution. Sky is always present, pure, calm, and you can, you can have cloud, allow cloud to come and go. But the problem is, of course, when he told me at the beginning, the problem for me is, yeah, maybe you can do that. How come I have this wonderful nature? I'm so, so unhappy. And I cannot barely manage with my panic. What I'm thinking is, what I have is only panic. I cannot see this wonderful sky within me. But then he said, you have to connect with that systematic practice, step by step. So first step for me is uh, sound meditation. So important thing is, you just listen to sound. Let panic come and go. Don't try to stop panic. Important thing is what we call awareness to check. Do I still remember the sound or not? As long as if you still remember, you can have thought. You can have panic. You can have pizzas, what I call it. What is it? Pizza. Pizza? <laughs> Two pizza, three pizza. Ten pizza comes around you. If you still hear the sound, you're fine. So that is meditation. So when you allow these things, then that is the beginning of acceptance, beginning of forgiveness, self-love, self-compassion. Not so easy, of course. And for me, it's not easy. I've been meditating since nine but still I'm learning every year. <laughs> and that is why you're happy to have nervousness and anxiety for your talk because it's, a, it's teaching you to get yep. better at meditation. Yep. It make me more, more alive and it remind me more practice. <laughs> I'd love to get you to say a little bit more about how to do this sound meditation because I, as you were describing it, I was kind of projecting myself into it and imagining that I would be sitting there listening say I'm sitting in a hotel room and I'm hearing the traffic noise outside and the motion in the elevator shaft and maybe the uh, cleaning staff in the hallway, hearing all of these sounds and then noticing big waves of fear or anxiety or whatever afflictive emotion happens to be in the playground at that time. And I can imagine yanking myself back into the sound, kind of being aggressive about, oh no, 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 you've gotten lost, bad boy be hypervigilant for more sounds to listen to so that we can get out of this terrible emotion. I know that's not the correct way to practice, but I can imagine 
myself practicing in that way. So what should I do? Yeah, of course. At the beginning, what we call, it's very difficult to work with strong emotion. So at the beginning, we try to find nice place, quite reasonable, calm environment. And you can begin with a quite calm sound at the beginning. But how to practice that normal, what we call relaxed muscles in your body? Relax meaning, let it be as it is. If you cannot relax, allow that cannot relax. Just be as it is. And keep spine loosely straight. And you can close your eyes if you want at the beginning. Then just listen. Ear and the mind together. Let's say I'm snapping. It's just, if you hear now, that is meditation actually. Just hear. Hear with your mind. Sometimes, we hear the sound with the ear and mind only listen or thinking with the pizza. Forget about the sound. But if you not forget the sound, you are in meditation. You don't need strong focus. You don't need to stop thought. And any sound, actually, if you are in the hotel, people are chatting, you can listen to chat. Or the car, the traffic, you can jump to the traffic. Or maybe birds are there, you can listen to birds. Or someone coughing, you can listen to cough. You can jump here and there, no problem, as long as if you remember the sound. <laughs> it's like almost like pre-pro listening, meaning you just open your ear. You don't need to even look for sound. Let sound come to you. And of course, we cannot listen sound too long at the beginning. Only a few seconds, what I call glimpse. Glimpse. We may forget or we unclear. Doesn't matter. Okay. Short time, many time. What happened? Then slowly, slowly awareness become more salient. Actually, what we call you don't have to do anything, just being with the sound. And that really changed, actually. Mind become pliable and walkable, yes. I wonder if people might get confused when you say remember the sound because people might think, well, I'm recalling some sound from a few minutes ago. But you mean just remember to hear what's effortlessly appearing in your ear right now. Yes. Remember that you're still hearing. Am I forget sound? Oh, no, no. I'm still hearing. If you hear, you're fine. But problem, most people, what they do is, I have to focus on the oh, oh, thought, thought coming, pizza coming. No, no, no. Shh, only sound, very <laughs> clear, concentrated, then become problem. <laughs> well, you've just described most of my meditation career right there. And what has really helped me is to remember that the awareness requires no effort at all. It is happening without quote unquote me. And sometimes I even just say the word in my mind, effortless, just to bring me back to the fact that I don't have to do anything to hear. It's happening without me. Yes. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. So that's aha. <laughs> yes, that is aha. <laughs> and you will discover more about yourself. And that is awareness is your fundamental nature. Your consciousness is awareness. And that awareness, sometimes what we call luminosity, clarity, and self-luminosity. It's like lamp. Awareness itself is a wakeful, a wakeful present. So actually, you don't have to meditate. <laughs> you just be with your mind as it is. Everything's there. But of course, it takes time to do, not do, you know. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. <laughs> takes time to learn how to not do. Yes. 
And I think what's so helpful about your honesty, about your own situation, about your own mind, is that even all these years into meditation, all these people you've taught how to meditate, here you are at a moment where there's some anxiety coming up yes. in your own mind, and you have to remember to be with whatever's happening right now rather than eating the pizza. Yeah. Coming up, Mingyur Rinpoche on connecting with awareness through sound and the breath, how to think about meditation as building a muscle, and specific practices for working with anxiety and panic. Right after this. I always love it when uh, the people behind a product that my family already uses tell us that they want to be sponsors of this show. Today, it's Tiny Cats. As you may know, we have uh, an unreasonable amount of cats, four of them. So we use a lot of kitty litter, and Tidy Cats is great. Uh, they have a product called Tidy Care Alert, which uses color-changing crystals to detect potential concerns and help you put your mind at ease. Let Tidy Care Alert help keep an eye on your cat's health. Whether you have one or four cats, they make it easy to keep track. Plus, it's low dust and lightweight with long-lasting ammonia control from the brand most often recommended and personally used by veterinarians. I'm not a vet, but I do love cats. Tidy Cats. Check them out. I had a very pleasant experience shopping on quince.com. Very easy to use website, and they've got a terrific selection. I bought myself a cashmere sweater and a sweatshirt. That sweatshirt in particular is an extremely heavy rotation. If you watch the YouTube version of this podcast, you will see it. Or if you see me on social media occasionally, I'm wearing my Quince sweatshirt. And I have to say, uh, the prices are hard to beat for a luxury brand. What's more, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash happier for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash happier to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash happier. Before we started rolling, you, uh, you said there were three steps that yes. you often discuss with your students. Because I asked you, what are you hearing from your students these days? And you said anxiety, not only about, about their own lives and also about the state of the world. The first step, I believe, was sound meditation, which we've covered. Yeah. So first step is what we call, of course, awareness is always with us, always present. Wonderful. But... To connect with that at the beginning, not so easy. For example, this room has full of light right now. Now there's a light here in this empty room. So how you connect to the light, not easy to see light in the empty space. You can see light on that wall, here on the table, on your face. So you can see light on something. In the space itself, to connect with the light in the space itself is quite difficult at the beginning. So therefore, we need to have support. The support of the awareness is, could be sound, could be your own breath, or what I call mental recitation. You can come up a word, any word is okay. Traditionally, we use mantra. So mantra is okay, anything, sometimes what I call, I'm fine, everything's fine, I'm fine, everything's fine. That is also okay. So come up a word and recite that word silently. Don't use your mouth. So when you do that, what happens? 
you are connecting with awareness, being awareness through sound, being awareness through your own breath or the mental recitation. Let's say sound, being, knowing, be aware. That is the awareness. But you cannot aware awareness itself at the beginning, but with object. And then a second benefit is it is become like mental exercise. You know, when you go into the gym, we do all this exercise. At the beginning, we cannot do too much. We do a little bit, little bit. And slowly, slowly, our body becomes fit. It's good for immune system in our body, become more healthier, more flexible, more pliable. Same thing with the mind. At the beginning, you cannot listen to sound too long. You cannot recite the word too long. But slowly, slowly, become longer, clear, more effortless. And awareness become automatically salient more and more. So these are first steps. So what I call, at least we have to do this about one to two months. And every day, at least five minutes. Every day is important, regular. You cannot do too much, that's okay. But every day, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit is very important. Like exercise, you cannot do too much, it's one time. But you have to exercise every day, a little bit. This is the first step. And second step, what we call, now, normally what we call, we can meditate everywhere, anytime, with anything. So one time I was in, in one big city, I saw a big truck in front of me, you know. When I go, my driver, when I go to the right side, truck comes right side. When we go to the left side, truck comes to the left side. And I was, look, it's a ship, shipment truck, you know, shipping things. And behind said, you can ship everywhere, anytime, anything. So I thought it's good for meditation advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> so now I change. <laughs> you can meditate everywhere, anytime, with anything. So therefore, you can use your own problem now. So I use my panic. But if panic is your major affliction or major strong emotion, then don't try with the panic first. Try with the small one. So when I was young, I tried to work with the panic. It's overwhelming. I cannot even watch. Then suddenly my body become my you know, heart speed up and I will sweat and I feel I cannot breathe and my neck become very tight. Then what I do is, my father said, try to find another emotion. So I look, anger. I don't angry oftenly. <laughs> <laughs> anger is not so much issue with me. So then I try to remember past anger <laughs> <laughs> and be with the anger. And that is stepping stone. Eventually I can be with my panic. So when I can be with my panic, what we call, when you see the river, you're out of river. When you see the mountain, you're out of mountain. When you see the television now, you're not in the program, you're not in the television. So when you see the river, you're out of the river, but you don't have to stop the river. Let the river come. Normally what happens? We are fall in the river, carried by the river. Then if the river becomes waterfall, very dangerous, right? <laughs> if you fall in the river, then river becomes waterfall, big problem. But if you see the river, that means you're out of the river, then doesn't matter. If river become waterfall, better. <laughs> Many people, you know, spend a lot of money to see the waterfall, right? <laughs> Inner waterfall. But of course, at the beginning, not so easy, of course. So that is benefit of awareness. But if you don't, many people, when you look at the panic, sometimes cannot find it. 
You cannot find thought. You cannot find panic. Wonderful if you cannot find. That is what we call non-conceptual moment. If you can find panic, wonderful. You're out of panic. So sometimes I make joke. There are two liberations here. Horizontal liberation and vertical liberation. Horizontal meaning gap. When you look at the panic, panic disappears. You cannot find it. There's a gap. Gap between past and future. And the vertical liberation is you can see panic like seeing the river. When you see the river, you're out of river. So when you see the panic, awareness becomes more than panic. So liberation comes front and back. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I call vertical. You don't have to go out of panic, but because of awareness comes automatically. You come out of panic automatically. Though there is panic. So you have now sky and you have cloud, both. So now second thing is what we call there's a wisdom comes. What is wisdom? If you can be with the panic, then what we call, you will see two face of panic. The real two color, isn't it? Is there any phrase in the West? True colors. Two colors yes. of panic. Two colors of panic. Meaning panic become pieces now. What is panic? Sensation, actually. Lot of sensation around your stomach and chest and neck and head. And there's image, frightened image. And there are unpleasant voices, you know. And behind the background, believe this is the way, this is the should, this is the right, this is the wrong, this is the danger, there's some kind of like belief. And if you take out one piece, you cannot have panic. Or panic become less. So what I call panic become like shaving foam. Looks like piece of rock shaving foam, you know, when you shave the beers. <laughs> I have beers. <laughs> but I don't use shaving, <laughs> shaving foam. And anyway, but anyway. So the shaving foam looks like piece of rock, but inside full of bubbles. So panic become like that. Then sometime, eventually, panic loses meaning. You cannot really find, define the panic. Wonderful. So that is what we call wisdom. Panic become pieces and they are changing and changing and these four interconnected, interdependent. And number three, there is self-kind, self-forgiveness. When you allow panic, when you allow depression, low self-esteem, or when you allow to have those stress, that is real kind to yourself. You're not fighting it. And that is self-love, self-compassion, so normally, you know, there's a coffee called three-in-one, right? Coffee. <laughs> three-in-one coffee. Three-in-one coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so three-in-one. So these, all this because of panic. Panic is helping you to discover awareness, love and compassion, and wisdom. So eventually panic becomes your teacher. Panic becomes your friend. So this is a second step. In the end, what we call awareness, be with itself open awareness meditation or sometimes objectless meditation. So sky, be with itself. You don't need to rely on any support, any object. So this is the third step. So the third step is an open awareness. Yes. Sometimes what we call objectless meditation, objectless awareness. Let me quickly recapitulate. So the first step is awareness of sound. Yeah, sound or it depends on the people. Some people sound more connected. Some people, your own breath is mm-hmm. more connected. Some people, the mental recitations are more connected. These three is the first step. 
So three options for the first step, which I guess the overarching term we could use would be a simple meditation practice, which could include sound, breath, or a mantra. The second step is to make that simple meditation practice free range everywhere you go all the time and whatever's happening in your mind. The third step, what you're moving to now is open awareness. So yes. what does that mean? That is a very difficult to describe. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, for example, if you are working a lot, work, work, job, if you're doing physical exercise, you're jogging in the park for half hours and finish your jogging, right? Then you rest somewhere in the bench with a deep breathing. <sighs> and you don't have to do anything. Just be, just drop. So that is the example of how to practice open awareness. Be with your mind as it is. So you don't need to meditate sometimes, what we call. Non-meditation is the best meditation. You just be with your own mind and there is clarity. That is awareness, meaning you are not unconscious. You can see, you can hear, everything's there. There's sense of being, sense of present, but there's not any focus. Thought come, go, don't care. Emotion come and go, but you're not lost. You're not become zombie. You're not doing anything, just being completely natural. If people hear this and say, I don't quite understand it, would it be safe to respond by saying, steps one and two will make step three possible yes. for you eventually? That's true. This is why we have to have steps. <laughs> right. And so if I were to attempt clumsily, perhaps to restate step three to you. It's something along the lines of a non-meditation meditation. Yes. To learn non-meditation, first you have to learn meditation, right? Right. So then eventually you let go of meditation. <laughs> but you're not lost. The sense of being, sense of present, sometimes what we call awareness, you can experience it, but you cannot put into word. Some of that experience of awareness will come up in steps one and two. Of course. It will come. And this awareness with us all the time, especially when we are young, sometimes what we call child mind. When you rest your mind, be as it is, clear, present. But problem when we were young is maybe we are not recognized. So the issue is whether you recognize or not, that is the issue. There's no issue that whether you have or not with you all the time. Even you are experiencing panic, you have this awareness. If somebody's listening to this and thinking, I still don't get what awareness is or how do I know if I'm with awareness, would it be correct to say for any nanosecond where you are instead of being completely owned by the stories and sensations of your anxiety, nervousness, panic at the extreme end, instead of just being completely owned by it and stuck in the story or the feeling, you have a, a, just a nanosecond of just noticing, oh, what exactly am I feeling and where in my body? That is awareness. That is one of the first steps. That is awareness, yes. Awareness doesn't need to be fancy or esoteric. It's something that is just available to you right now. Right now. And you have it. You have all the time, almost what I call 24 hours. Even your sleep, you have awareness. But the issue is we have to recognize. Sometimes I give example. Like if you have watch, the best watch in the world, you are wearing it. So normally what is the quality of the watch? If I ask you, what is the main quality of the watch? There's time, right? 
So you have the best watch in the world, and you don't know that is watch. You thought it's kind of like bracelet, right? And then what happened? You lost time. And if you lost time, what happened? You you may lose your job, right? <laughs> what do you call it? time is money? <laughs> yes, yes. And then your boss will fire you because you are not on time, and you always ask other people, "Excuse me, what time is it?" Then eventually you may become homeless, and then one day you met your best friend. Oh, hello, nice to see you. Okay, what time is it? You ask your friend, "What time is it?" And your best friend said, "You have watch." Why you're asking me? And you thought, don't kidding me. I don't have watch. This is why I lost my job. And your friend said, no, no, no. This is your watch. Introduce your own watch. Of course, at the beginning you cannot believe that. This is not watch. This is a bracelet. And your friend said, no, no, no. This watch. And your friend teach you how to look at your own watch. And slowly, slowly, you recognize your own watch, and you can read time. Now watch can tell you time. And you look for job, you get job, and you're on time, <laughs> and your boss are very happy and promotion, <laughs> <laughs> and in the end you have very wonderful home. So if I ask you, there's a true situation with one watch, right? First you have watch, but you're not recognized. You become homeless, and later you have wonderful life. Which watch is better? The second watch, for sure. I don't think that was a trick question. Using the watch is better than not using. The yes, watch. yes, yes. The only difference is you recognize or not recognize. You have watch at first place, but you are not recognize your own watch. Then watch cannot tell your time, although you have the best watch in the world. But later you recognize it, and watch can tell your time. So this is like awareness. We have this awareness, wonderful awareness, like best watch in the world, all the time. That is who you are. Your fundamental quality, awareness, one with love and compassion and wisdom, but we need to discover it. We need to recognize it. whether you have or not. That's not the issue. Right. So we definitely have it. Whether you're using it is the issue. Yes. And again, I just want to be really clear for folks because terms like awareness and consciousness and luminosity can sound. Like something that's only available to monks, but it—it's actually just you're in an elevator, you're feeling claustrophobic, and instead of being stuck in the story about all the horrible things that are going to happen to you, you zero in on the feeling of encasement in your chest. And especially if you're a beginner, you're not going to be able to be in luminous awareness that pervades your whole being for you know a half hour at a time. But if for a few seconds at a time, maybe even a few nanoseconds at a time, when you can drop out of Unbridled fear into the raw data of the physical sensations. That is awareness. That is connecting with awareness. Okay, what's the difference? What's Reco the difference between awareness and connecting with awareness? You have awareness all the time. Yes. Why you're feeling this anxiety because right. of awareness? Right, Without right, awareness, right, right. you cannot feel awareness. Stone cannot feel pain. Rock cannot feel pain. We feel pain. That is because of awareness. But we don't know how to connect with it. We are not recognized. So the moment you try to observe that pain, you're connecting with awareness. The conscious or consciously or what we call purposely, unpurposely, you listen to sound, you connect with awareness. And you have to have what we call view meditation awareness. View meaning you have to know what is the awareness, what it does the function, what is the benefit, how to practice, and this is my core being is awareness. You have to have that idea first. 
view, what we call view. And based on that idea, and you listen to sound, then the, by listening to sound, automatically become meditation. Automatically connect with the, your core being eventually. And why this helps with whatever emotion you're dealing with, you know, garden variety, nervousness, anxiety, panic, anger, whatever. One of the ways in which it helps is it just breaks it up. It's not so solid anymore. And that's the one reason. Right. Yes, that's one. Uh, Another reason is you're letting be. For me, the biggest problem for my panic is panic or panic. Fear or panic. Aversion or panic. That keeps my panic ongoing. When I begin to let go of that, panic loses power. Cannot function so much. And deeper level, I have sense of, oh, yeah, now panic is coming. You're welcome. So the sense of excitement when the panic comes. But symptoms still there for a while. For a few months, I have still symptoms. Everything tight my neck and tight. All the symptoms there. But deeper level, I don't mind. Sometimes I laugh on my panic. So what we call aversion and craving. These two are what we call causes of suffering. So aversion is, let's say, when we say, don't think about pizza. Don't think about pizza. No, pizza. What happened? We think about pizza. So that is the job of aversion. Whatever we do in our life, when special, what we call our, the monkey mind, crazy monkey mind. The monkey mind does the opposite. <laughs> when you try to get rid of something, become worse. Or craving meaning peace, calm, joy, then they will run away. <laughs> when you look for peace, Peace will say, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make appointment first. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes what I call, when you drive a car, there's a brake and accelerator, right? Without that, you cannot drive a car. So this aversion and craving is what I call the core being of samsara, core support for suffering, problems, what we call dukkha. So once we let go of that, what happened? Panic automatically liberates. That's the really helps the panic. So first, you will see true color of panic. Second, eventually you let go of aversion and craving. But the problem, many people think if I let go of craving and aversion, then how I can function, you know, my life become like a zombie. You know, I become so passive. Actually not. Letting go is not giving up. There is wisdom comes. There's a love and compassion comes. There's awareness comes. And these are much better than craving and aversion. They can help your life. They can help others. They can do a lot of function. They are very smart, powerful, meaningful. Can I add on top of that? People do worry that meditation is going to defang their edge. If you get rid of aversion or craving, you won't be able to function. What I often say to them is, you're not going to get rid of it forever. You're a human being. And of so course. you're just learning how to turn the volume down. And when you do turn the volume down, great things can happen, yeah. like a sense of calm and a sense of generosity and right. availability for other people. Right. I believe in Tibetan, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, one of the translations for the word enlightenment is a clearing away and a bringing forth. Yeah. So you turn down the noise on your inner junk, the pizza. Yeah. And please. even you don't need to turn down in the end. You're just connected with your background luminosity. Right, so turning down is too much doing. Yeah, you don't have to do anything, actually. Yes, that's a good You just correction. discover your fundamental quality. Stop doing and it happens anyway. Yes, stop doing, just being. And when you know how to be, 
it will reveal, it will discover. So sometimes I give this example, like, you know, I have this watch, right? So the craving and the aversion is like my hand. Now I have hand, my hand going to hold this watch. My hand is facing down, right? Now it's facing down and I'm going to grab this watch. So this watch is your life, maybe your job, maybe your work, your fame, your whatever. You have to grab it, right? How you have to grab? Aversion and craving. Otherwise, if you let go of this, you lost the watch. The watch fell down, right? If I don't grab, what happened? Watch fell down now. So that's the, our normal way. And can I show you something magic? Please. The magic is when I let go of my hand, but I will not lose the watch. So I will do that, okay? Mm -hmm. So first I will cover my hand by my rope. Mm -hmm. You cannot see. And I will show you. <laughs> he's, he's putting his hand under the robe. Now the real magic comes. Uh -huh. One, two, three. <laughs> okay, so I need to describe what's happening with your hand. So he was kind of clawing his watch, which he had taken off his wrist, and holding his palm down dramatically clawing onto the watch, which was a, a metaphor for our clinging. And the correct way to actually think about it is to flip your hand over, palm facing skyward, the watch resting on your palm with no grasp required. Yeah. So that is the, you're connecting with awareness, wisdom, love and compassion. You let go, but you will not lose. But of course, the normal way when your palm facing down, if you let go of aversion and craving, then you cannot function. Yeah, that's true. Coming up, Rinpoche talks about deconstructing your reality to make it workable, when to take a step back or even stop meditating altogether, and what Rinpoche says is the true purpose of the practice after this. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing you would do if you had an extra hour in your day. Many of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. Therapy can help you figure out what matters to you so you can do more of it. This is something I've spoken about at length for many years with, with my therapist as somebody with a pronounced tendency toward overscheduling, uh, working on figuring out what I care most about, what matters most to me, has been very useful when it comes to setting priorities. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash happier today to get 10% off your first month. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. This is perhaps a bit idiosyncratic, but one of the experiences that my son, Alexander, loves is mini golf. We recently went to a mini golf uh, themed restaurant in uh, in Denver where we were traveling. And uh, when we go to Montauk, which is our favorite beach town here on the East Coast, we play mini golf at Putt-Putt all the time. Alexander, his buddies, me, and in one way or another, these experiences are really what become the, the most memorable and important part about taking trips. Which brings me to Viator, which is a website and app where you can book travel experiences, everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. I have used Viator myself. I find it to be incredibly helpful. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your 
First booking in the app, one app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. I notice in meditation that I'll have moments where I stop trying so hard and the awareness is there. It's effortless. Maybe on retreat where I've reminded myself over the course of days that there's nothing to do, nowhere to go. Everything's right here anyway. But then some striving part of me comes marching in and is like, you gotta, you know, hold on to this, et cetera, et cetera. And that can even happen in my daily meditation practice. Is what I'm describing completely normal? Yeah, of course, it's normal. Uh, when I was young, you know, I have a lot of those problems. And especially my problem is lazy. I learned meditation when I was nine. And then what I call, I love the idea of meditation, but I don't like the practice of meditation. Mm. So then I lost, and then I cannot meditate for a few weeks. Then suddenly, oh, oh I have to meditate. My panic is coming. And then I'm meditating, try to get rid of my panic. Hey, panic, you, get out. I'm meditating. What happened? Panic become worse. And then I asked my father. My father said, remind me again and again. Don't try to fight with the panic. You have to say welcome. And then I'm trying to say welcome. Hello, Penny, welcome. It helps. But actually, why I'm saying welcome is I want to get rid of panic. <laughs> mm, right. Hello, Penny. I'm saying welcome. Are you still there? Why are you not gone? <laughs> <laughs> I already tell you, I already welcome you a few times. <laughs> Become like dog chasing tail, you know. But even though it is a fake welcome, it helps. For me, it really helps, the fake welcome. Right, one of the therapeutic cliches is fake it until you make it. And in this case, it seems like it worked. Yes. Then I ask my father, so I have this fake welcome. I'm become like some loop again. I'm fighting with my panic. I'm fighting with this terrible feeling. What should I do? And he said, okay, now don't look at the panic. Look at that feeling of fighting. Look at that feeling of aversion. Panic or panic. Don't watch panic. Look at the behind the panic. And you can include everything, all this junk thing. Use them as support for awareness. And they are become support for your meditation. They have become support for awareness, compassion, and wisdom. So sometimes what I call inner recycle, you know. Say that again. So you, the inner recycling is being aware of, at some point, you don't even have to be aware of the first arrival, which would be panic. Yes. You can be aware of the add-on, which is, I don't want this panic to be here, even though I'm pretending that I Yes. Do. You can be with that one. You can watch that one. I don't want panic. I don't want to panic. Ah, oh, hello. I don't want to panic. You can watch that one. Maybe I'll give you one example. So normally, I don't want panic. I don't want panic somewhere here behind your eyes, let's say. And you're walking with the panic in front of you. Ah, this is like boil hot water. I'm going to be with that. It's very difficult. But you forget the behind the eyes, there's another one, which is panic or panic, fear or panic. So then if this panic or panic makes you problem, then don't look at the panic in front of you. Turn the other side. Ah, there's noise here. Look at that one. And that noise becomes support for meditation again, just like sound. So eventually... You can include everything as support for awareness. And this, I think, is where we get... Second step. Being aware of anything at any time, anywhere. Yes. yes. What I was going to say, which is maybe inappropriate, but please tell me if I'm wrong, is that it feels like we're stepping toward understanding a little bit here the word you used earlier, which can 
be a little mystifying to people, which mm -hmm. is wisdom. And please, I'm taking a, a yes. leap here. But by wisdom, I think what you mean is seeing that pieces. everything is pieces and you can deconstruct yeah. your reality yep. and then it becomes workable. Yes, that's the wisdom. So wisdom, we will see three aspects. First, we find the pieces. When you look at the panic, you cannot pinpoint panic at the beginning. I am going to look at panic where? You have to watch the sensation. You have to come down. Oh yeah, there's an image there, somewhere up there, or I don't know. But there's a nasty voice. And there's a behold, this behind, there's a mindset, some kind of like, you already make your own preconcept there. So concept here, sensation down here, word over there. Normally these all become one giant solid rock, but now pieces. And you can move in between the pieces and in between there's a lot of space actually. And these pieces are changing, 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 changing. Sensations changing, words changing. So that's what we call impermanence. So second, you will see the impermanence. Third, what we call interdependent. If there's no sensation, then you cannot have strong panic. If there's no image actually, some kind of like something image, something there. Of course, some people has more sensation, some people has more vision, some people has more word, some people has more belief, but these four together. So when you take these apart, panic loses meaning. And this is why you can be happy you have anxiety because one, any suffering can be a motivation for practice. And once you practice, you see, you basically get the keys to the universe. You see that this solid movie of life, the seemingly solid movie yes. of life, isn't actually that solid. It's impermanent and interdependent. And that is where you get some freedom. Yes, correct. And that we don't have to make it. That is the true color of the reality, actually. Normally, what we are making is we are making single, solid, permanent, very, very unpleasant thing. We are making our own enemy, actually. We are putting ourselves into our own jail. And this jail, who made it? We made it. So if you made your own jail, why not? You can free. And actually, it does not really exist. When we really face it, be with the reality as it is, then you will have discovery. The truth will reveal. I'm just having this thought that I've practiced meditation for, I don't know, 12, 13 years. I just have to hear this over and over and over again because it cuts against the grain of many aspects of human nature and modern life. And you just need to be reminded of this yes. over and over and over again. Yes, yes. And each time when we remember, aha, something is learning, something discovery. Although same word for me, I've been practicing more than 30 years and every year, aha. Yeah, I, I'm using this same word before. I'm teaching that, I'm listening. But now it's different when I hear. It just gets deeper. Yeah, and deeper and more ordinary. <laughs> right. Well, and I think in some ways those are the ultimately the same thing. Same thing, yes. Before I set you free from this interview, <laughs> I know there was something else you wanted to say about the second of the three steps for dealing with anxiety. Where did you want to go deeper on that? So the second step is sometimes quite tricky because now you are really directly working with the panic itself or depression or stress, loss of steam, whatever, they're in you. So this is quite tricky at the beginning. So normally what we call, there are four steps here. First is to be aware. Second is try something different. Third is 
step back, and the fourth is take a break. <laughs> so you have to have these four because when you begin to be aware of panic at the beginning, what happened become worse. Actually, not become worse, but it feels like it's become worse. Why? What we call when you look at the muddy river, you cannot see fish. When the river become more clear, you will see fish, and you think, "Wow, so many fish are here. Where they come from?" Actually, fish are there, but the river is muddy. You cannot see it. So normally, when our mind become begin to clear, calm, and we will discover more thought. For example, if you are busy whole day, you will not see thought. And after five p.m., you go your home, relax on your bed with the <sighs> long breath. What happened? Pala 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 yada yada. You will see a lot of image and then a lot of voice. Actually, that time. Your mind is resting. Your mind is become more calm. <laughs> mm. Mm. So same thing with the meditation at the beginning. What we call waterfall experience. It looks like become worse at the beginning. So therefore, sometimes when we begin to watch panic at the beginning, we cannot watch. Overwhelm. So we need second step. What we call try something different, which is small emotion. I told you I cannot watch my panic at the beginning, so I watch my anger. Or could be anything. Or could be listen to sound. Go back to the first step. Uh, breath or mental recitation. So this to try something different. And sometimes even that doesn't work. Then step back. Step back meaning, don't look at the panic. Look at the behind the panic, the aversion of panic, dislike the panic. Be with those. Step back. And sometimes that doesn't work because we are too tired, too exhausted. Take a break. That's my favorite. Practice. Take a break. <laughs> <laughs> you can drink coffee. <laughs> you can do physical exercise or sleep. Don't practice meditation for a while. Stop meditation is quite good. Sometimes also take a break is part of the practice. Sometimes what we call it when you hike the mountain, you rest. Right, resting there it doesn't mean you return back. So some people feel guilt that stop practice meditation. No problem. You can stop for a while. It's okay. Yeah, these are the four steps. Four steps within step number two, which yes. is anytime, anywhere you can meditate. And I think the one that people key in on there is give yourself a break sometimes. And I think it's really useful for you to say it because a lot of people in the West, in particular, who are you know type A achievement oriented folks, when you say you can meditate anytime, anywhere on any object, well then they think, well, I need to be on my game twenty four seven. Yes, but yes. actually sometimes it's good to you know watch yes. Netflix for a few yeah. minutes. Yeah. Anything else I should have asked you? I think probably like that, or maybe basic innate goodness. In basic there. innate goodness. Yeah, that seems like a big topic, but please. So all this meditation practice, the purpose is what we call to discover your innate goodness, basic innate goodness. So the beautiful quality of our own mind, the awareness, love and compassion, wisdom, three in one, and this is the background of thought. Emotion, perception. Sometimes, what I call like the projector has light, right? Movie projector, and that light projecting on the screen. There's so many stories there. Sometimes beautiful stories, sometimes danger, sometimes nice, sometimes not nice. But all this story, all these different colors, because of the light. Without light, you cannot have all these stories. So the light is the awareness. Light is the basic goodness. Through that light, all this manifestation—what we call panic, depression, or compassion, wisdom—all these are the display of the light, manifestation of the light. So 
Normally what we see is only story. We don't see light. So the purpose of this practice is to see the light, light like awareness, and to discover this within yourself and then help others as much as you can. Point out to your friends that they're wearing watches. <laughs> yes. No matter what we've done in our lives, no matter how many mistakes we've made, our birthright is, it's right there. Yeah, there's no mistake on the awareness, of course. But the mistake is we follow with, we lost in thought, emotion, perception, then problem. So wake up, everybody. <laughs> Rinpoche, thank you very much for doing this. Just one last thing. If people want to learn more from you, how can they do that? We have meditation organization called Terkar, T-E-R-G-A-R. Yeah, we have online classes and we have this systematic practice. I make it kind of a like curriculum. For me, it's really benefit to practice step by step. Otherwise, I, I got some good idea and then good idea dissolves and lost into my normal life. So this step by step is really wonderful. We'll put a link to Tergar in the show notes. You've also written a few books. Can you yes. just name those? The first book is Joy of Living. And the last book is the In Love with the World. In Love with the World, yes. And Shay has been on the show a couple of times, so we'll put links to his prior episodes where he discusses those books in the show notes. So if you want to check those out, go for it. Thank you again. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Yangay Mingyur Rinpoche. Thank you as well to everybody who worked so incredibly hard on this show. Gabrielle Zuckerman, DJ Kashmir, Justine Davy, Lauren Smith, Maria Wirtel, Samuel Johns, and Jen Poyant. We also get our audio engineering from the good folks over at Ultraviolet Audio. We'll see you all on Wednesday for a brand new episode that I've been calling, in my own mind, The Opposite of Depression. Maybe we'll make that the title of the episode. We're going to talk to Dr. Samantha Boardman, who is a self-described positive psychiatrist. It's a fascinating episode, so that's coming up on Wednesday. If you like 10% Happier, and I hope you do, uh, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS's weird Lord of the Flies-style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. Hi, I'm Misha Brown, and I'm the host of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop. Each episode, comedians join me to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently on The Big Flop, we looked at the reality TV show, The Swan. The problem, this dream opportunity quickly became a viewing nightmare. They were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. 
Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts.